see you've decided to join us. Welcome to the team. I'm Torn and this is Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast. Listen up, if you've got what it takes. Hello, welcome to Jacked, the Jack and Daxter podcast. This is episode 15. We are trundling through. I really love getting like higher and higher in how many episodes we've done. It makes me feel like we're really getting our teeth into it. So we've got a bit of a different format for the show today. Instead of doing our area by area like we normally do, we're going to be doing jacked mail. So this is where we we read out emails that we've had coming into the show email address. Some of them are theories or questions or just comments. And we respond to them. We just have a bit of a natter about whatever is in an email that someone sent. But we will be keeping our usual... Jack and Daxter related news and updates in quotation marks around the franchise. But first, I just wanted to make a little point that CJ is back. CJ has been away for a number of episodes now, but finally we have got him back. Hopefully on the regular. Happy to be back. But yeah, it is nice to the have you back, back, CJ. <laughs> Happy to be back, guys. The Return of the nice. King, episode 15, The Return of the King. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Very humble, CJ. <laughs> I'd rather be the prince, you know, just sit back on the throne and get paid, but don't have to do anything. Mmm. Mm, that reminds me of The Crown <laughs> at the minute, the new series. Nice. Anyway, so the first piece of news that we have on the show today is that there is a new... New rumor, rumor that there's going to be a remake of the Jack games coming to PS5. So this is like an <laughs> old new rumor. We're just going to debunk it basically in like 30 seconds. So just for some context, it was someone called Slade Levy, among others, about a week ago. So like the 22nd of November that were posting in the Jack and Daxter fan Facebook pages this sort of thread from Game Rant. Obviously, they didn't check the date because it's from May 2020. And, yeah, so the the rumour originates from 4chan, who I believe is the YouTuber we talked about a few months back. He has an occasional accurate leaks about games, which is why people think there's actually something in it. But the claim was that Blueprint were making a title called Jack and Daxter Retrilogy. Which, I mean, that doesn't even sound like a real name, but okay, that's where it's come from. <laughs> it was so funny when I saw that, like, someone was sharing, like, a, a few people were sharing it into the group, and they were like, oh my god, like, Jack and Dexter Remake has a launch title, and I was gonna just say, like, okay, just say it again, but slowly, this time, okay? <laughs> like, was this posted by Internet Explorer, or what? <laughs> you have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> well, the first thing that I noticed is that it said it would be a launch title, but I'm like, the PSV5's already launched, mm. so... Obviously, that's not true. Well, I don't know, guys, if you heard it, but there's a new Jack and Dexter games coming up. It's The Lost Frontier. I think it's going to be great. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> the Lost Frontier. I've never played that before. Is, is that something new? Yeah, man. I, I think it's going to be from Naughty Dog. and <laughs> It's going to be huge. Yeah, I'm just going to comment that, you know, there are some people out there, like Terry. <laughs> That if they can even get their hands even for in, in a little tiny bit of uh, an inside that the Jack uh, 4 might be coming, <laughs> they go wild and crazy. But our friend here, Terry, is a little more relaxed. <laughs> but there are people out there that just, you know, they just find all the articles, all the lines. Somebody said that, the other guy said this. And they're just hanging on to it like they really, really want to see something new. And I understand them completely, but I'm off to this boat. A long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, no. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, um, I know you said, Sherry, that you got into the series a little bit later, but um, I've been a fan of these, these like, from the way back in the day, and I've just been through this. Oops, sorry, my phone just went off. <laughs> um, I've been through this, you know, show, uh, show, like, so many times. I just, I don't take any of these new supports seriously at all. Like, I'll believe something when I actually see, like, gameplay footage or a trailer or an image or something that's official. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, I would take a straight-up remake of the first trilogy at this point, even if it meant sacrificing a new game. Because, I don't know, I feel like after so much, so many years of hype and anticipation, I don't think a Jack 4 could ever deliver on expectations for the fans. You would give up a new Jack and Daxter mm. game in favor for just a remake? I mean, because there's so many frame bit issues with the trilogy they keep on re-releasing. I think if they went back and just really took their time, you know, to do what they did with Crash to Jack, could be something really special. I mean, and also the Crash game that just came out, I've heard is pretty mediocre. So, um, there's uh, that. Oh, that's a bum. Mm. It's like a brand that, that they just milk making... Uh, PS mm -hmm. avatars, PS themes, and stuff like that, and not and not thinking about making an actual game. Mm, that's fair enough. I hope they do though. Okay, so the next piece of news in the Jack and Dice franchise is that Darren, one of our hosts today, has made a new YouTube video of recently. So I'm really sorry, Darren. You're gonna have to just sort of <laughs> stick it out and listen to us give lots of compliments about it. Darren. So in Darren's newest Jack and Daxter lore video, it is entitled Silent Guardians and Sentinel Beach, and he is theorizing all about the beach, really, and mm -hmm. well, no, not even just the beach, like just any guardian <laughs> symbol that you see throughout the entire games is what is called to action here. So Darren, mm -hmm. will you please walk us through why you wanted to make this video, what sort of inspired you? Well, um, yeah, Sentinel Beach is like is my favorite level. Like, I just love the atmosphere of it, and um, mm. like in terms of the environment, there's so much like given to you um, in terms of precursor stuff. Um, like, I think the only other place that has like as many uh, precursor things would be like maybe the Precursor Basin or uh, Gol and Maya Citadel. But Sentinel Beach, like, it has the monuments on the left, and it has the statues built into the cliff. Um, like there was just so much to talk about so i went extra hard with it and i i wrote an extra long script and um just like went nuts with linking it to like jack 2 and um yeah before i knew it i had like the guts of a 14 minute video or something ready <laughs> and uh yeah i just went nuts with mm -hmm. it so loads of fun really enjoyed mm -hmm. making that one you also had some facts in there that i had absolutely no idea about previously like i, I never would have picked up on them like one you talk about i know it's not on sentinel beach but you talk about how in Mars Tomb, you talk about how there's writing on mm. the wall in the precursor language and that it spells out mm. tomb. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Like, did you translate that yourself or was that like in a book somewhere that you found? Um, yeah, I translated it myself. You can actually, um, on the Jack and Daxter wiki, there's, um, there's like a picture like translating every single uh, precursor letter. It's, um, I think it's called a substitution cipher. So like every single yeah. symbol corresponds directly to like an English letter. Um, so like they only ever use a handful of letters in each word. Um, so I just looked it up and just kind of drew mm. the connections to each letter. And, and yeah, it came out as tomb. Um, most things in the first game actually only translate to um, life. Like everything is just covered in the word life. 
and then there's one or two things that have different words like the pillars in geyser rock and forbidden jungle mm. translate to quest and then there's like a few things in lost precursor city that translate to pipe oh and go figure they're on pipes mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> see i love that they went to the effort to make their own like alphabet language and you can translate the letters mm. and make a word but i do think that they were quite underwhelming with the words they chose to leave in there like yeah. i mean two yeah like i was forever hoping for yeah some wild like riddle or hint at like other lore implications or something but it was always just very basic words I think in the Jack 3 guidebook that I had, they had the same sort of decipher, and there was a couple of messages throughout the guidebook. I don't remember what they were, but they were, like, pretty funny um, just little sayings or jokes. They weren't, like, uber serious like it is in the yeah. game. Yeah, they, they, like to, um, they like to just have fun. They don't take it too seriously. Like, even I was playing Jack 3 a while ago, and uh, the elevator going down <laughs> to, like, the Vigor... Uh, robot boss battle oh a load of God. symbols like up all around the elevator so i translated them and they spell like rotaville or rotaveli so i looked it up and it's an elevator company in new york no way mm. i think you see that was a that was a little bit of a mini trend because i remember in um pokemon ruby and sapphire there was a lot of braille they used braille a lot and you actually had to use the braille mm. to decipher mm. a couple of messages to do quests and i think it would have been kind of cool if they had maybe incorporated that a little bit more into the jack maybe if you had to decipher some things or it gave you clues as to the next step in the game i don't know it was a little bit of a mini uh trend back in those days to Whoa. use like deciphering alphabets and solving puzzles oh my god yeah that'd be so cool could you imagine if um like a mechanic of the game was if kira made some little like cipher machine and you had to like take pictures of things in the environment and uh to like solve riddles mm. like it would automatically translate it into english and you would have the passwords for like hidden chests and doors or something like that that'd be so cool mm. that would be cool. not a joke take this guy and write a <laughs> ps4 script now <laughs> yes <laughs> but yeah no this could be a cool idea mm-hmm. one of the theories that you do bring up on the f- on the video though darren is all about how like you're theorizing why the stone platforms on the beach are there you know the ones where those you get those footage of the seagulls from, like that area. I did like that footage, by the way. But yeah, you talk about how maybe one of the uses could have been <laughs> that you were gonna, that the people of Sandover Village wanted to receive their gods from the stars above through these platforms. And I thought that was so, such a nice way to put it, but they are more religion-y, these theories that you've come up with. I wanna know, is there like a, a reason for that? Um, yeah, I always kind of imagined that, um, like if the precursors and ancient humans like existed uh alongside each other back in like way way ancient times no. um that the humans like would have like looked up to them and seen them as gods kind of like the precursor monks in jack three but um like i was kind of inspired by um like did any of you ever watch that show ancient aliens no <laughs> it's a it's like a, it's like a documentary thing on a discovery channel it's like um it just examines like religions and um, like ancient mm. structures and like tries to analyze the possibility that they were actually like al- aliens that visited people in ancient times and like these pictures of like gods on flaming chariots and stuff were actually aliens and spaceships and like really wild stuff. Like I don't like believe it or anything, but linking that sort of like um, weird historic sci-fi thing in with Jack and Daxter, I just found it very mm-hmm. fitting. So I wanted to okay. go down that route a bit. Oh, it was interesting. 
Yeah, I would love to see a Jack game that like went into space or explored the universe a little bit more. It's always been on this one planet. That would be different. Ooh, he's hmm. like so intelligent to come up with all of his theories just from a video game and the graphics. And if you probably ask the developers, they're just gonna say, "Ah, we just put a temple there." <laughs> I I don't <laughs> think like like most of them even have a deeper meaning, but you find deeper meaning, and I love that. I love when you get a simple concept, but you get meaning through it. And this is what you do in all of <laughs> yeah. your videos. And this is why I loved even from your first one, because I was like, what is this man even doing? <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's, um, he's signing his rays into where sun cannot even reach, if you're getting <laughs> my reference. And this is why it's so impressive to always think of how did he came up with all of this? Because he didn't read it somewhere. He didn't like find it. He just come up with it in his brain. So. Anybody can think what his brain has been doing in there. I think that's one of the reasons why the lore or the Jack universe, like it's just so much of the backstory of the universe is left up to our imaginations. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, um, everything is there, mm. but they don't really, there's no sort of like main campaign for the first game. So a lot of the lore just kind of, you, you, you do with it what you think, you know, you want, I'm rambling now. The point is, is that, l- this is a very, you could tell this is a kid's <laughs> game because of how much is left to the imagination. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Darren, yeah, of course, he found a canvas to use his imagination on and then make his content, which is pretty awesome. And just go and hear it, listeners. And uh, also, I never thought that I could find something more relaxing than your voice in a dark, like, scenario with cave sounds. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to tell you right in front of here. I slept four times trying to watch this video. Mm, I'm not sure how big of a compliment that is, Orestes. <laughs> I was just going to be like, you're welcome. <laughs> but, but in my defense, I sleep very easily. So <laughs> I think you need to start an ASMR channel, Darren. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that does also draw neatly onto what I was thinking, because when you get to about like eight minutes, 20, there's that scene where it all goes completely dark and you're describing the spider mm. caves. Exactly. And with the sound effects and you can't see anything and you're just mm-hmm. giving description, it was really reminiscent of like a walkthrough meditation CD. <laughs> like it was really relaxing. Darren, you need to become a motivational speaker. <laughs> or an ASMR channel. <laughs> an ASMR channel. Jack and Dexter yeah. ASMR. That's that's a niche right there that I can hit. <laughs> and you can't tell, but I'm blushing super hard right now. My my skin my skin is redder than the red sage right now. <laughs> 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 oh well we're just speaking facts here so what can you say but yeah that is that was like the main thing i noticed like it does like your video brings out all the details that the games have in them even if the developers didn't think to put them in themselves like i mean with the language you know i mean I, i'm not really sure if at this point they had developed that language but it is really cool that they do in the future and your videos always bring out those details yeah, I can't. I can't think of like any other game that did that. Um, like even the other big platformers, you know, like uh, Sly Cooper or Ratchet and Clank. Like none of them had a, like a, mm. an alphabet as far as I know. Well, well, maybe the later Ratchet and Clank games had like the Lombard's language, but I think that was only brought in like much, much later. Uh, whereas Jack was like yeah. the first game, uh, and it came out in like two thousand one. So the fact that it mm. had like a whole, uh, <laughs> yeah, like written language was just the coolest thing mm. ever. It was so unique. Definitely unique. 
Well, I will leave the link to Darren's YouTube video mm. in the description if anyone wants to find it, or you can just type it in on YouTube, Silent Guardians of Sentinel Beach. Not many people make Jack and yeah. Dexter law theory, so it will be the first that comes up. But yeah, there's nearly 20 minutes worth of good law theory in there, so go listen if you are interested in that sort of stuff. Yep. Moving on now, though, we are going to be doing a new segment, trying it out this week, possibly bringing it to future episodes, called Jacked Fact. So this is just a random Jack and Daxter fact of anything to do with a franchise, just something that's a bit like a bit tidbit. And this week, Darren is bringing it to us. Darren, take it away, please. <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> uh, like, like the previous moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but if you're playing Jack and Daxter and you're like rolling around and moving very, very fast, sometimes Jack will like actually trip over and fall on the ground. Has that happened to anyone? No. No, but I have seen a wow. video, so I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think it happens most often for some reason outside, uh, you know, the bird lady's hut in Sandover mm. village. Yeah. Some, it happens most often there for some reason, but, uh, yeah, Jack will like trip over and he'll do the, uh, you know, the animation when he falls from a high place and gets hurt. Oh yeah. He kind of does that getting up, but he doesn't lose health. So apparently that is actually a very subtle, like mini loading screen that like, if you're moving too fast for the rest of the game to load, the game forces you to trip so that the rest of the area can load before you get to it. That's a smart way wow. to do it, yeah. Wow. That is fascinating, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I thought they just used the gimmick of the turning camera because I, I also remember that you said that if you're trying to go, for example, from Samos's hut uh, directly to the Sentinel Beach, then the camera will turn away and face Jack into the water and, it will, and, it, and, and you cannot spin it to see the central bit while it loads. <laughs> yeah, so because they wanted to hide the loading screens, they used to turn the camera in the angles that they wanted to. It's the same thing happening to the Forbidden Jungle as well. Why do you think you jump on those rocks to get to the bridge? Because it's a, it's a hidden loading screen as well. But I never, I never, never heard of Jack tripping over <laughs> for a loading <laughs> screen to come out. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. That was a good fact. Thank you, yeah. Darren. Okay, so that wraps up mm -hmm. Jacked Fact. And now we are going to move on to Jacked Mail. This is our first Jacked Mail of the series mm -hmm. ever. So this will be interesting. So we're just going to discuss emails that people have sent in. I will leave the email mm -hmm. in the description for anyone that wants to be on a future Jacked episode. So yeah, let's start. Okay, so this first one is from someone called Andrew Rickwood. He says, Hello, thanks for uploading this great podcast. I'm really enjoying it so far and thought I'd ask a question. Thank you, Andrew. I noticed that when you discussed Rock Village, you didn't mention the diner area on the outskirts of the Warriors Arena area. So here's my question. Who do you think is populating that area, the villagers or just the Warriors? It's like, it's like a little tavern. Yeah. yeah, I thought this was an interesting question because we did not talk about that when we talked about Rock Village, like he says. But I have to say, I think it's mostly just the villagers populating that, e that area. I feel like they must have just gone underground or ran away from the fiery balls when they started coming. Yeah, because I mean, you see the cutlery on the tables as well. I imagine they were mid-meal 
when Claw invaded and so the lurkers. Because I don't think when you're when there's fiery balls coming and crashing around you, you're not going to be worried about putting the cutlery away. <laughs> you had a point there. <clears throat> but if you look if you look on top of the main dining area, you can see like little condos or apartments that are like up in that top big rock part of the area. And I'm assuming that's probably where most of the villagers of this place would actually live, especially because it's like a rock formation. Probably would provide them a lot of shelter and protection. Hmm. Other than I think it's a very all looking romantic and relaxing place like next to the sea. And it reminds, you know, like some uh, towns that are next to the sea and they have those little sea restaurants that they sell fish and stuff. So <laughs> See, I was so just can... about to say that, yeah. too. Um, if Jack if Jack were ever like the big, huge franchise that Star Wars was, it would have been amazing to like go to like a Jack-themed restaurant or they could recreate some of these levels in a theme park or something. Because that kind of that did definitely give me a kind of like Bayside um, diner kind of vibe. Yeah, that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, so our next email is from Ray Manuari Nikki. I'm hoping I've said that right. Uh, Orestes, will you read this out for us, Mm -hmm. please? So, Ray is saying here, I was listening to your podcast and I heard a lot of interesting things. things. I just wanted to share some thoughts about Jack's uncle. I will start by first by saying that the village is relatively small. And so, if we think like a small community, I'd say that a kid could consider any adult as his uncle. If he is a traveler, he might have been staying in this village for a very long time, explaining why Jack would call him uncle. Plus, I'm always wondering if Jack, throughout his his youth, was ever uh, wondering where his parents were. So yeah, I mean, my like my initial response to this is that I just think the sad fact of the matter is that the writers hadn't planned for the plot holes that would come once they finished this first game because they went in such a different direction with the with the preceding games. But in the spirit of this conversation, I don't think it was that casual. Otherwise, no. he would have called like everyone his uncle. He would have called like the bird lady his aunt. I just think it. It would have been more obvious if it was that <laughs> casual. Yeah, probably. Um, but maybe he was more close to him because he was also an adventurer and he used to listen to his stories. Like, I don't think any other villager could have to say more stories than him. I don't know. Is that just like uh, sort of taking a Darren law where he's really <laughs> attached to this uncle and he tells him lots of stories? Well, well, somebody that doesn't speak... Clearly, he listens. <laughs> mm-hmm. So probably he was listening to his, to his uncle a lot of time. Well, my point is that, you know, sometimes like we have a relative that he's an old person and we have mm-hmm. him in our life. Not, not, a, not, not a biological uncle, but sometimes we call him uncle. Well, this, this definitely Maybe. happens in Greek families. I don't know <laughs> uh, in, in other countries if this happens as well. But we have, you know, some relationship that he's like, oh, this is the uncle, the other uncle, the third uncle, the fourth uncle. And it goes on. So, <laughs> so maybe, you know, they were just not thinking a lot about it. And we're just going to say it's an old person that Jack really feels ni- nice next to him. So that's why he calls him uncle. Now, also, I, we, didn't, we didn't say anything about um, if, if Jack was ever wondering where his parents went. Because I remember that in, in the end of Jack 2, that they go through the portal with a young Jack. He says that the boy won't remember anything. So there, so there is where Jack lost all his memories. Oh okay. yeah, I remember that. And Jack himself mm-hmm. even said that the only thing he remembers is the light, the light, the light of yeah, when he went yeah, through exactly. the portal. Yeah. 
Um, do you think in the first game, before they ever planned like Jack 2 or 3's uh, story, do you think that the uncle was literally like his biological uncle and uh, his parents were just like, I don't know, taken by lurkers at some point in the past or something like that? I think so. It makes it makes more sense in the direction they had at that point. I think so too, because the reason that they went in the direction that they went in with Jack 2, it wasn't really Naughty Dog's decision to do that. It was Sony's decision. Sony mm. wanted to get in on the GTA craze and wanted to, they wanted to do an entirely new game originally, but they had the pre-existing IP. So they kind of forced Naughty Dog's hand in creating a new, more mature type of game. Um, so I'm sure Naughty Dog, if, if they were allowed to have that choice on their own, would have probably done a more traditional sequel to Jack and Daxter, and we probably would have gotten more information about Jack's family that way. Yeah, I agree with that, definitely, because they, they did change it so much. Mm. Okay, our next email is a big one, so I will try and sum it up. But it is a controversy, guys. It is a controversy. It has come from someone who we are actually setting up an interview with because of what they've said in this email because it's so interesting. Mm. And it comes from someone whose username is Dr. Weed. <laughs> but since talking to him, we've learned that his name is actually Shay. <laughs> so it'll be easier to call him Shay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so in the email, Shay is talking about a fan-made project that we've been promoting on the show in past episodes, which we probably won't do until we figure out what's going on. But I will read out the first two paragraphs, which pretty much sum up what the email is about. So he says, in reference to the fan-made project, he says, this project is poorly structured and is being used as a cash grab before it is inevitably abandoned. Encouraging your listeners to give their money to a project like this is doing your listeners a disservice. If you look at the Patreon, Louis is asking for $3,000 monthly to hire a rigger, animator, gameplay, programmer, mm -hmm. testers, etc. Can you pay the salary of five talented people with $3,000 a month? I'm guessing the answer is no. <laughs> mm -hmm. He also says that the fan who's making the project doesn't give any details about the long-term aspects of this project. So he's asking for the money and he promises a release of the game on the PS5 as well as early backers receiving a free copy. None of this will happen due to IP issues, so he's conveniently not mentioning anything about the implication mm -hmm. of reusing copyrighted material and art assets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, his, his biggest point, because I was, you know, very into this, because when I heard it, I was like, yeah, he has some points. His most like uh, biggest point of all is that okay he makes the the game he makes the remake but then when he goes and releases it how will he releases it Jack is a franchise that Sony still has the rights to it so he cannot just release a, a Jack and Daxter project and take all the money so in in a in a law perspective it's illegal what he's doing so uh, th this is the whole idea that he gave and also he commented a little bit about how will he be able to pay a whole, like with only using Patreon money, how will he be able to pay a, a programmer, an animator, a, a gameplay tester? Like, how, how, how does he have it in his mind? And th 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 this is his points, generally. Yeah, so I mean, another point, I'll read out another paragraph in the email as well, which he brings up, because he's got his own project, and it's more noble, as he says, but I'll just read it out now. 
He says, if you'd like to encourage listeners to support a more noble, non-commercial project, I heavily recommend you look at the Jack One PC port that we're currently developing. It is an open source project to port the Goal language used in Jack and Daxter to work on modern PCs. All of the code is publicly available and there are no legal implications behind our project, as users will be required to provide their own previously bought CD. Whew. So, mm. controversy. We do have an interview coming up with someone on the team for this project that he talks about for the PC conversion. But I would like to know what the difference is between an emulator for the games on the PC and like an actual PC game. Darren, I know that you play on the PC, that you play these P these games on the PC. Could you like, yeah. mm. will you notice the difference? Um, yeah, definitely. Because mm -hmm. um, like there's been like PS2 games in the past that I've emulated. Uh, but then I've also found out that they like natively have PC ports as well. Um, so the difference would be... Um, like with the emulator, you're basically getting your PC to pretend that it's a PS2 to play the PS2 version of the game, whereas the PC version like doesn't require any third-party software. Like it just it just plays on the PC as a PC game. But um, in terms of like just for the graphics, for example, um, the PS2 made heavy use of like uh, motion blur. So the Jack and Daxter game, like even though it ran like silky smooth at like 60 frames per second. There is this little kind of like weird looking blur to make it look smoother or something. I don't really know what they were trying to do. But on PC, you have total control over like the graphic settings. So if we were running Jack and Daxter on the PC, we would be able to disable the motion blur and the game would just look like crispier and, and cleaner. Um, you would also be able to mod the crap out of it and like inject in. You, you could put in like you can put in like custom HD textures and like lighting mods and like all kinds of crazy stuff. There was a game on Steam actually, um, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy. That was a PS2 game back in the day. It's so good. Uh, when that released on Steam, um, they released modding tools and people actually managed to put in one of the levels that was cut from the original release. So like, yeah, so it, as opposed to just like messing with what's there, you can actually add new things. And it just gives like, creative people a whole oh, load of it. new tools to mess with the game and create a whole mm -hmm. community around it it's fantastic yeah i can't wait to hear more about this because like that that has me hyped i don't really care about the ps5 remake I thing i want like a native port. I agree agree completely agree <laughs> yeah i don't have that much to say because I, I can smell this type of thing from a mile away. And going back to what we said earlier, we've been through this like show pony so many times for so many years. Th if this guy really is like for real doing this remake on his own, then that's a very applaudable effort. But I think it's really irresponsible to be asking for $3,000 a month from fans when he's just a fan himself. And like you said, that he has no way of like mm. distributing this game. He doesn't have the rights to it. So he's not going to be able to make any money off of it. I don't know. It just seems very fishy to me. I'd be worried about even doing this interview if uh, Cherry, just because if we like confront him or back him into a corner, he could just like just up and end it right then and there, and then the jig will be up. Oh no! It's um, it's not an interview with the fan that's making the remake. It's an interview with with Shay, who's going to be doing the PC conversion. Oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, okay. Also, 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 an interview with the guy making the PS5 board it wouldn't be easy because my biggest issue with him is that he doesn't speak English or he doesn't even write English. So 
Mm-hmm. In one sentence, I would truly like to know, I don't know if he's listening to the podcast, I doubt it, but if you're listening, my friend, I, w- I really want to see your statements on these comments that here Dr. Weed made. Uh, because, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's some true statements. He's, he's not, uh, you know, he's not hating on his project. He's just talking facts here. I don't want to be like, you know, so super cynical. I don't know this guy, Lu- Luis. I, I, you know, we don't know anything about him, so we can't really judge. I just think, you know... I agree with everything Dr. Weed here is saying. There is no, there's no, he could very well just be trying mm-hmm. to get this money in. Yeah. And, you know, once he's got everything that he needs, then um, we'll probably never hear from it again. I mean, how is he going to even get this on the PS5? It would be a physical release. Would it just be a downloadable thing? Um, he'd have to be working mm. with somebody in Sony. That is the thing. Cause we don't yeah. really know what his intentions are at this point, especially because we don't speak Spanish. We can't even mm. read like the descriptions because three thousand pounds a month is a lot of money. I mean, that's the thing—the fact that he's even asking for money at all, and like a money on a consistent basis—that just re- that just screams scam to me. Because I feel like if you were doing this out of the kindness of mm. your heart, and if you were just doing this as a fan, I mean, you would try to do everything that you could probably on your own without asking the fan community to help or support you in doing that. Yeah. That's just me personally. I mean, I, I'm car. I'm a whole cold, hard, cynical person at this point when it comes to Jack and Daxter. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that might just be my own cynicalness clouding my judgment. But I, I would. Oh, that does. I do have a question for you, CJ. Actually. Okay. Because you talk about doing a Jack and Daxter fan-made movie or like a mini series. How would you go about funding that? Would you ask people on crowdfund or Patreons to contribute or would you just do it out of your own pocket? How would you go about it? Well, I guess that would depend on like the scope of the project. If I was just doing some quick, easy, like short film, I have people Mm. that can make costumes for me. I have, you know, the creativity and the drive to get it done myself. If it were something that were a bit more effects heavy and something that was a bit more substantial, I may end up doing a crowdsourcing, um, GoFundMe, whatever. I mean, but I would only ever, and I would have it very detailed like this is what you would get for donating this amount this is what you know would happen Mm -hmm. and i would make a i'd make a covenant i would make a pact with the fans that that money would only be used for the project okay that's Mm. a good idea like like a like like a kickstarter yeah more more. um yeah that's what i was curious about like um if he's asking for that much money is there some sort of like legal loophole that he's not technically making money off of an intellectual property that isn't his but rather he's getting funded for his lifestyle and then working on the project separately, if you get me, uh, like like what CJ was saying about the um, about about the movie, it's like if he asked for if he got that crowdfunded, he wasn't like getting crowdfunded for the movie. He could get crowdfunded for like the resources to make the movie. So it's not like he's making money off of a property that isn't his. So like, does Patreon allow for that kind of like legal loophole thing? Mm. Yeah, that is a point because. I mean, could he just change the name? Because he is making the game from scratch. I know it's a remake, but it is yeah. like him doing all the work. Would that be the loophole? Mm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure, like, Sony, what I know about Sony, and they're pretty much the adult money-hungry version of Disney. They are very <laughs> much like 
they're going to keep a hold on their IPs. I th- a lawyer would probably have a field date with that. You know, they would go through the whole game being like, oh, he lifted this element from that game, or, you know, it's too similar. You have to change things. Like, you can't just change the name of the of mm. it. You have to, like, there's, like, a certain, like, legal threshold about how much you have to change something before it goes outside of that IP copyright law. Mm, yeah, I mean, it is, like, literally scene for scene, just copying the original games. Okay, so th- this is for a clearance and between us and to our listeners, because they might be also thinking, okay, then what's the difference with the PC guy? <laughs> well, the PC guy is just using the language and yeah. he's programming the whole game to run on a computer from your CD. He's not remaking the game, which is a completely different thing. The PC guy isn't asking for any money, is he? No, it's free. Yeah, also that. Okay. Yeah, also that. Yeah, also okay. that. Yeah, I mean, we don't actually know anything yet. Like, it is purely speculation. It's nothing is set in stone. And I don't want to be. I want to. I'm going to tread lightly here. Try to be sensitive. Um, you guys said that he doesn't speak very much English at all. There could be maybe some language barriers there. Maybe in his, you know, mind. Maybe he is thinking that oh, he's just a fan. Maybe he's not aware of copyright laws. Maybe this is, and maybe he, in his mind, has said, "Okay, if I had this much money, I could get the project done by this amount of time." And once again, like I don't want to like be too judgmental. I'm gonna try to tread lightly here, but um, and then maybe maybe that's part of mm. it. Maybe he just maybe this isn't an issue to him because he doesn't see how it's an issue at all. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I had no idea about these like copyright things, <laughs> but it does call into question when you like you compare how careful these PC people are being compared to what this fan made yeah. remake is doing. It it is suspicious. Well, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I'm a little suspicious of our friend here, but I'm also I'm not. I think he's just pure-hearted and he just didn't think it through completely. That could very much be it. It's a passionate project, and I hope that even if he makes it one day, he could just share it between him and his friends, you know, just to enjoy it as a project and not try to make it a big official thing and try to make money out of it. Just, just do it, just do it, just do it for the fun of it, uh, just as uh, CJ said before. Yeah, I mean, I would be more surprised if it is a scam because it seems like mm. a lot of work and effort is going into this. Like, it does feel like a passion project. I would be surprised if it's a scam. If this mm-hmm. is a scam, it's a very blatant, open scam, and he's not trying to hide <laughs> it, that it's a scam at all. So, yeah. I mean, most scammers are a bit smarter than that, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. And some, some are not. Some are really dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we would like to hear his thoughts. Email us, even in Spanish. It's okay. We can translate it. <laughs> yeah, that would be so good. Yeah. Hit us up. We will respond. Absolutely. Well, let's see. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up our first ever jacked mail. I think it went perfectly fine. We can do it again, definitely. It's so cool to get fan mail. Oh my gosh, it makes us makes me feel like legit. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, I will leave the email if anyone else wants to write in their opinions, or they can leave a voice note. Just make sure it's like less than a minute, and we can read them out on the next jacked mail or just in an episode mm-hmm. wherever it's appropriate. It is really cool to get your guys' mm-hmm. opinions on stuff. Yeah. Okay, so now, before we wrap up the end of the show, we're just going to do a quick mini-game called Make the Connection. I love this game, and I like to make the others play it because I just <laughs> think it's so good. We haven't played it for a long time. Do you remember the Do you remember the Prequisitor? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so this is even older than the Prequisitor. <laughs> but there it is. Darren, do you know what this game is, first of all? Uh, Remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Terry, you have the honor. 
Uh, well, in a nutshell, basically for the game, yeah. you have to pick a word, any word, and then you nominate someone to connect that word to anything in the Jack and Daxter universe. Oh, okay, cool. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to nominate CJ. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and the connection, uh, the word is flies. Flies? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess the obvious uh, answer would be the scout flies. You know, the pesky little scout flies. Um, and there's no equivalent for those scout flies in any of the other games. I mean, they kind of did away with the whole collectathon element of the franchise from Jack yeah. Two onwards, which you know, for better or worse, um, I'd like to. I would have liked to have maybe kept a little bit of that because th- there's not nearly enough precursor orbs in Jack Two, and they kind of rectify that in Jack Three. There's a nice medium balance, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I guess that <laughs> scout flies. That was quick. <laughs> um, I will go ahead and nominate Orestus, and your word nice. is going to be speaker. Because I'm looking at my speaker <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, nice speaker. Well, there is. Well, I don't. I I like to be more to use my imagination. But okay, I will go legit here. There is a, a flying speaker. <laughs> like next to Jack when he is exploring when, and when he succeeds on a mission and Samus comes out and says nice good job boys now go back and collect some more power cells <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah there is a flying speaker in this game with, I, always, I always thought they were the scout flies the scout flies were those floating speakers but then when we started making this podcast I realized they were a completely different thing <laughs> So, yeah, but other than that, I think they would probably have some kind of communication between the villages instead of the uh, the portals. Like, they could communicate with some Morse code or something, so they could, you know, communicate more easily. So, probably they used speakers to listen to the this Morse code mm-hmm. that they used. Probably. Nice. Just an idea. <laughs> I've always thought that that was an impressive piece of technology for, like, such a rudimentary, you know, old-school village. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. So it's my time to nominate our host, Cherry. Yay! And oh, I Cherry. Last. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to dominate the most uh, imaginary guy here, Darren. <laughs> imaginative? No, not imaginary, imaginative. I think it's the right word. So, Cherry, the word you're going to use is a carpet. A carpet? Yep. <laughs> Um. <laughs> Background love. Mm. Oh God! Come on. Uh, g- give me, give me a second. <laughs> yeah. Just because you guys are really quick. It's okay. You have five seconds. <laughs> no, no, you have all the seconds you want. I am going to link it to the. Is it the red sage in the volcanic crater? Mm-hmm. Is that his house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to link it to the Red Sage's hut, which has been ransacked. And you will notice that there is no carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that is because it is likely that Girl and Maya liked the carpet so much that they stole it. <laughs> and that is why there's no longer a carpet in the hut. <laughs> and now well, Gold is wearing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, this is exactly the reason why I asked you about the carpet because I remember in the last episode that the first thing you have to comment about is what is in the what is on the floor? Nothing is there, yeah. just pixels. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was complaining about uh, was it Jason Rubin's shoddy particle work? 
Oh man. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I was really yeah. So I was really sure you're gonna say Red City's hat doesn't have a carpet. What an awful Feng Shui. <laughs> I would have. I would have said um, probably <laughs> the Baron's throne room has some very nice red carpeting in it. Mm, yeah, wow. as well. That would have been good. You should have had so mine. So Cherry? So Cherry? I am going to nominate, obviously, Darren. Darren. Who? Um, the word is going to be... Oh, this is a good one. Badge. Badge? Yep. Ooh. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the thought of Gollum Maya taking his card. <laughs> Just like, you know, the way Gollum talks, like, take well, his card, but put it with the rest. <laughs> Deal harshly with any villagers who touch our carpet. <laughs> Well, I'm just gonna say, guys, you're gonna hear now an impromptu video idea from Darren <laughs> because he's gonna make a whole theory yes. <laughs> out of the word badge. <laughs> Let's go and hear it. Uh, badge, 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 badge. Uh, does does Baron Praxis have like little badges or emblems on his uh, on his barony yeah. attire? I was gonna say, mm -hmm. I think so. Then I will go with that. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> what? That was the most. <laughs> <laughs> the Baron, the Baron's badges. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at him now. He does not have a single badge, Darren. Oh. Shit. Um, oh. <laughs> he has what appears to be a lightsaber, but he does not have a badge. Uh, oh. Um. God, who would have a badge? Does nobody have badges in all the Galactic <laughs> Universe? <laughs> Maybe the uncle. Maybe Torn. He was an old soldier. Yeah. Oh, he has to have a badge. Ashlyn, maybe? <laughs> Dexter, Torn. No, I'm not Googling him. I'm not right now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no badge. What? I think Ash Ashlyn does. She has... <laughs> oh, she has the ID. But she has like the Crimson Guard logo. Wait, no, that's just a shoulder pad. Never mind. I wonder. Okay, the Seal of Mar. That's kind of badgy. Mm. That's kind of badgy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, in a way. But I was just going to say, like, you you don't need to be legit. You can use your imagination, and maybe talk about the badges that the warrior used to have or something. I don't know. <laughs> just giving ideas. Oh. Hey, you're getting me. <laughs> Someone did a really great Ashley cosplay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, thanks, you, Jake. Okay, so Darren, is that what you're going with? Ashlyn, no, the house, no, the uh, the Mars symbol. Um, is that the one you're going yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with that because that's a uh, pretty, pretty badgy to me. <laughs> that is pretty badgy. Okay. Well done. Nice. And that is make the connection. Great. You can play with us as well. Can I? <laughs> can I just say um, the whole Mar badge of Mar thing? Can we just say that Jack is kind of an idiot in Jack Three because he has so many opportunities to realize that Samos is or Damus is his father? Like he should have realized it when he found out that Damus was the leader of Haven City. Uh, but but he had amnesia. Jack didn't remember. Yeah, yeah. But he knew. But he knows that the kid is the heir to the throne of Haven City. So in his mind, he should have made the connection that oh, this guy's the previous ruler of Haven City. 
That means that he's probably the father of the little kid that we sent back. And that little kid was yeah. me. <gasps> yeah, because he does remember, like, older Jack's memory of it. That is yeah. such a good point. But then, but then what will be the expose in the end of the game? <laughs> I mean, they, they have to have some yeah. big expose there. So I guess that's why they hold it. Oh, yeah. End. I guess he had other things on his mind. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, he did just save Sparkus City from an invasion of aliens. So. Or... Or maybe Jack had Ashlyn badges in his mind. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> what? Ashlyn badges? What? It's okay, Terry, it's okay. Is that like an innuendo for like boobs? Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. I've never heard that comparison for badges. You, you will never hear it. It's, it's the, Greek, oh, the wait. Greek person coming out of me. Daxter actually makes a joke like that. He oh. says, I bet you like to pin some medals on her chest. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> oh, the seediness of the game sometimes. It's something I like to overlook. <laughs> well, we will get to Jack 2 eventually. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. That's my game. Oh, me too. I'm so, so excited. Is this a wrap-up? That is it, guys. That is episode 15 of Jack, the Jack and Daxter podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, guys. Have a great time and stay safe. Thank you. Yay. Have a good holiday season, guys. Take care and be safe. Goodbye. Congratulations. You made it to the end. Don't let the door hit you on the way out.